0: are listening to our Southside Baptist Church podcast with our pastor Dr. Jeff Parker. For more audio content, please refer to our website, ssbaptistchurch.com. Ephesians chapter 5 Because we've been talking about building, building strong relationships We've been talking about blockades, the things that sometimes that we do that cause those relationships not to be what God would have them to be. And so today we're in Ephesians chapter 5, well Ephesians chapter, um, I'm getting ahead of myself, hang on a minute, chapter 5, verse 18. Now as soon as you find that, I want you to look this way. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. That ought to be a page in your Bible you ought to dog ear. I tell my kids all the time, one day you're going to go through my library and you're going to wonder, Dad, what, what did Dad mean? And I tell, I've told, I, I tell my kids this. When I read a book, if I see something I like, I dog, ear, I dog ear it. If I really like it, I double dog ear it. I said if it's a life change, if it's something really, really something that really shakes me, I triple dog ear it. And I said, one day when you go through my library and you see a page that's been folded in and tucked away, I said, that page had something that affected my life and changed me. This is a page in your Bible that doesn't need to be dog-eared, double-dog, triple-dog-eared. It needs to be folded down in your Bible and tucked away so that when you open your Bible... You see Ephesians five eighteen Because the Apostle Paul said this. He said, do not be drunk with wine. ain't that funny? But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Because to somebody who is lost, we look like a bunch of drunks in here. You think about it. Saying it. And I tell you what, if Irene hadn't been saying it, Irene was behind me. See, that made me kind of get, that kind of made me, you know, kind of quiet down just a teeny bit because... Because I really wanted to jump. I did, I just really wanted to jump. I really wanted to jump and raise my arms. But I said, of course, Irene smiling back there because Irene says, if the Lord tells you to do it, jump all you want. Don't blame me if you don't jump. But you know, we look like a bunch of drunks. You see, when God's people are filled, in, 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 in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, those people, thought, those, those people that were filled with the Holy Spirit, they thought they were drunk. And and Peter said, well, wait a minute. He said, it's the ninth hour. It's it's 9 o'clock in the morning. There's no time to be drunk. He said, we're not drunk. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says this. Paul said this. You and I, he says, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. It leads to problems in life. He said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you and I are filled with God's Holy Spirit... In a lot of ways, we look a little bit drunk to the rest of the world. You know, I had somebody come up to me one day and say, what you been drinking? Now They were serious. I said, what have you been drinking? I said, I haven't been drinking nothing. They said, no, come on, man, you've been cutting up and carrying on. You're drinking, aren't you? They didn't know me. They didn't know me from Adam. I said, no. I said, I just love Jesus. I'm filled with the Spirit. You know. So be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we just pray right now that, that that power, that presence of your Holy Spirit that illuminates, dear Lord, that gives Horatio the Spafford, uh, Spafford the ability, dear Lord, in the intensity of ang- uh, agony and anguish to write words like, It is well with my soul. Lord, he wrote those words because he was filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He knew that, dear Lord, that grave at the bottom of that ocean was not the end of the life of his children. He knew that one day that he would see them again. And so he could write, because of his faith in you, it is well with my soul. Lord, we trust you. Help us to live by faith the just, shall live by faith. Righteous people trust God. So help us to trust you no matter what is coming in our life or what has already arrived. And dear Lord, may we give you the honor and glory. Lord, forgive us where we fail you, where we let you down. And may, dear Lord, may we be like a, a, a dry sponge right now that's just soaking in the refreshing just the refreshing of your Holy Spirit dear Lord just in such a way that when we leave out of here that people dear Lord can see it flowing out of us make us a channel of blessings in the name of Jesus we pray amen, amen you can be seated You know, we've been talking about building strong, healthy relationships. We're talking about the kind of relationships between a husband and a wife, between parent and child, between grandparent and child, between neighbors, between employer-employee, between employees, between church members, parishioners that sit weekly together in a, in a church service like this. We're talking about how do you build those life-changing healthy relationships. And we said this, that in our lives, that one of the things that we have to recognize is there are some blockades. There are some things that you and I do that get in the way of building that kind of relationship with our wife, with our children, with our brothers and sisters, with our family in Christ, with our employer, with our employees, with our neighbors, with the people around us. And we said this, that one blockade was that of dishonesty. There is the disguise of dishonesty. In other words, if we were were to be truthful right now, there is a fear sometimes when we are in a relationship with somebody else that we can't show who we really are. That we have a tendency to put a mask on, we put a disguise on because we don't want this person to see who we really are because if they saw me for who I really am, then they might reject me, they might not accept me. And that's not just the problem in relationships. That's the problem in the church. The truth of the matter is is that so many people pull up in a church and they come in and they put that mask on, they put that facade, they put that disguise on because they're afraid that if I am who I am, then people are not going to accept me the way I am. So there's that disguise of honesty. And hear me, there is no relationship that will be that there is an, an unhealthy relationship is a relationship where people are not honest with one another so there's this thing of truth there's this thing of honesty of being who we are then that second blockade is what i call the baggage of bitterness the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12, 13, 14, and 15, he said, listen, let no root of bitterness spring up in you, for it will defile many. And that word bitter is that word picros. It means sticky anger. And you learned last week that if you and I are not careful that what can happen in our lives, that we get a bitter spirit and it is like acid inside of us. It is eating and tearing away at us. It is not only destroying us, it is destroying the relationships around us. People who are bitter, who have been hurt, who are angry and bitter, they can't build a relationship with nobody. So there's that baggage of bitterness But today we come to the third blockade, and it is what I call the conquest for control. Now I want you to hear this statement here, and I want you to think about this. We tend to want relationships that we can control. Married couples, stay with me here. Mom, dad, stay with me here. A man told me this, a man told me this in this church years ago. He was talking about how he handled his, his rebellious 17-year-old. And he was telling me about his son, 17 years old. He said, i tell you what I do. He said, I just grabbed him by the nap of the neck, and I just kind of slung him around a little bit, and I told him, listen, and, and, and he talked about how he handled this 17-year-old. And he looked at me and he said, how do you handle your son's? Are we finished? He said, how do you handle your sons? I said, when they're 6'2 and about 230 pounds, you don't go ripping them around like that. I said, I found another approach that works a little bit better. It's called respect. It's called Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they'll they'll, they'll they'll not move away from it. And so here is a key. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says this about control. He says, listen, in our lives, he says, it is important for you and I that we be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Look again at chapter 5, verse 18. He says, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 19. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God for the Father for everything. That's what Jeffrey was talking about a moment ago in the case of Horatio Spafford who said in everything give thanks. He says it giving giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then look at verse 21. Submit to one another out of a reverence for Christ. The word filled, when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, it means that we are under the control of God's Holy Spirit. The word filled is God's goal for my life. I want my life to be under such control of God's Holy Spirit that I'm absolutely, told to y- totally yielded. Imagine yourself. The idea here is, is that you're coming up onto the interstate and you see that sign that says yield. What that sign is saying to you and I, it is saying yield, give way to what's coming. And this is a powerful thing for worship. When God's people begin to yield, when they begin to give way, and they are filled with God's Holy Spirit, and they say, God, I've just come, and I've set aside everything, and I'm just going to be honest and open with you. They are yielded. It's under the control of the Holy Spirit. Listen, that should be the goal of every relationship that I am involved in. Hear me. Not that I control them, but that they are under the control of the Holy Spirit. Wife, that means your goal is is that your husband be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Husband, that means that you want your wife to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Parent, listen to me. That means that you want your child to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be under the control without being filled. And you can't be filled until you yield and you give way and allow God to do what God wants to do. Hear me, the problem in dysfunctional relationships are often centered on control. A man and a woman get married and they want to manipulate, they want to govern the behavior of each other. Did you hear that? A parent has a child and they want to manipulate and govern the behavior of that child to to their way. This is the idea. So the danger here is the danger. Number one, the danger when you and I do not live under the obedience to, to Ephesians 5.18 is that we allow other people to control our lives. You see, I'm, under, I'm going to be under the control of somebody. Teenager, listen, some teenagers are more concerned about their peers. They're more concerned about what people think in the school than they are about Christ. Those peers control your life. They control the decisions you make. And before some adults start nodding their head and agreeing saying, "Amen, it's the same true. The same thing is true maybe in the break room or where you are in the workplace. If you are more concerned about the acceptance, the admiration, and the popularity of who you are in the workplace, then you are about being filled and living in obedience to God's Holy Spirit, then hear me. They control your life. This is so critical. The danger when you and I do not live in obedience to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 is that we allow other people to control our lives and listen. I call these people button knees. You say what in the world is a button knee? Let me ask you a question. How many of us have made this statement? He knows how to push my buttons. She knows what buttons to push. You ever heard that statement? How many of you know what that means? What what you are saying, when you make the statement... Well, you know, if a parent says, that child knows how to push my buttons, what that parent is saying is, they have given the remote of their life to that child, to that person, and they listen, are saying they have been given the ability to control their life. Listen, people can't push buttons if you don't give them the remote. I don't know about you, but a man, when it comes to a remote, that's a serious thing. There's nobody that takes my remote away from me. Even my grandson, he spent all afternoon with us. He got the remote. He said, son, you gotta give that back to Paw Paul. You can't have the remote. You know, it's amazing, men, that we will give the remote of, we will, we will guard the remote to the TV. We want to control the TV. We want to control what we're watching on TV, but it is amazing to me that we will give the remote of our life, give it to anything and anyone that comes along the way. When people say they know how to push my buttons, what they're saying is I've given the control of my life to somebody else. Last week I told you the illustration of I-20. Imagine you pull up on the interstate. There have been times that I've gotten on the interstate, in Brandon have come in on a Sunday, there wasn't no traffic, nobody. I could drive like I wanted to. Man, I could go off on the shoulder, I could drive down the middle, I could pull over the... Man, I could just drive. I could drive as slow as I wanted to, and if I could get away with it, I'd drive as fast as I wanted to. But once other people enter with their vehicles onto that highway, then all of a sudden it completely changes how I have to behave. Now it requires me to modify. It requires me to make changes. I have to make adjustments in my behavior because there are other people on the highway, and I've got to be sensitive to that. You see, the reality is is that you and I have been called to be involved in relationships because God uses those relationships in order to change and conform us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. People who do not want any relationships are people who do not want to change. I want to live in isolation from humanity so that I can do what I want to do. But God doesn't work that way. When I get on the highway, if nobody else is on that highway, there's no problem. But the moment other people enter that highway, then all of a sudden, they begin to reveal things about me. Let me give you an example. I don't like tailgaters. Now, I don't mean the party bunch that are going to be down at the Super, Super Bowl today. I don't like people who tailgate, who ride my tail. They push my buttons. Do you hear it? You know what I'm talking about. Those people that come up behind you doing about 80 miles an hour and then come up there about that far from your bumper and then ride up on your bumper. Okay? Now, what I'll do is I don't like that. It irritates me. It annoys me. So I speed up. They speed up with me. I slow down. They slow down with me. I get more irritated. I start looking in my rearview mirror. I start letting them see as best they can my displeasure. I begin to think of the old James Bond movies and wish I had an oil slick that I could drop behind me. Or a fifty caliber mounted back there that would at least cause some fear to come into the person. Now, Now stay with me here. My choices are to remove all tailgaters who drive, which means what I'm saying is is that I'm not going to change my behavior or or either I have to learn to change my response to tailgaters because there's always going to be somebody who's going to ride your bumper at some point when you're on the highway. And so there comes that point where you just have to learn to live with it. I call these the knees. They need to take the control, the remote control of their life. They need to take it, if they're a teenager, they may have to take it from a friendship that's not good. If they're a husband, they may have to take it from their wife. If they're a wife, they may have to take it from the husband. If they're a parent, God knows they need to take it away from the kids because the kids are having a ball with it. I've seen kids do that. I used to watch Jeffrey and Ledge do this. They would do this, they would actually look at each other and say, Watch watch mama, watch mama, you know, just to see a reaction. You see, the truth of the matter is, is that what Christ is saying or what Paul was saying is, is that, listen, there needs to be somebody that controls your life and that person doesn't need to be nobody, not even you. It needs to be Christ. I wrote this quote down here. We're not happy in relationships because we allow others to control our lives. How do I change? How do I keep other people from controlling my life? You see this a lot with parents. You'll see parents trying to raise children, small children. They're unhappy, they're miserable, they're not happy. You know why they're not happy? Because the child controls the parent. Instead of the parents setting up perimeters and training a child in the way they should go, in all honesty, you want to interrupt some parents and say, wait a minute, before you go any farther, who's the parent here? Because the child is manipulating and controlling the parent. And my friend, that is unbiblical. We were in a situation last night where a woman had a baby, a child, three-year-old. That child was absolutely acting horrible. That child was disrupting the entire church, the whole service. It was unbelievable. Finally, Jeffrey had led worship, came down and reached over and tapped his mom on the knee and said, why don't you go see if you can do something with that child? Matt was trying to preach on joy. He was preaching on the fruits of the Spirit, joy. There wasn't much joy at the moment. This kid kid was destroying the whole service. Sheila went over and said, uh, she said to the mama, would you mind if I take her out? We're all over there going, oh dear Jesus, please let her take her. The mother said, well, I, I don't know if she'll go with you. You see, people who don't control their kids allow their kids not only to control their life, they allow their kids to control everybody's life. Sheila said, well, let me give it a try. And we were all praying. Oh, dear Jesus. Sheila said, you want to come? We'll go, we'll go play. Now Matt's preaching. And she's like, we'll go play. You want to go play? I, you know, kind of look like this? Come here. Come here. <laughs> and the child started going, I want my mommy, I want my mommy. She was going, I want my mommy. And they're trying to get out of the church. And we're all just like, oh, Jesus send some joy now. And this mother, had, she did not care. It made no difference to her. There were men and women, there were eight people that were visiting that night that had never been in that church before. The kingdom of God might have been weighing in the balance. Heaven and hell might have been in the balance. But one mother, unable to control a three-year-old, was totally redefining the service. My friend, the, par- the cry of every parent ought to be is to discipline, bring that child up in the way they should go, but also to see that they are filled with the Holy Spirit so that one day they are under the control of God's Holy Spirit. The butt knee It may sound funny, but there are people in this room that everybody controls your life but the Holy Spirit. Now, secondly, if we got a butt knee what do you think we've got? The danger when you try to be the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter five verse 18, it says, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are other people. listen, They're not listen. They're not the people that are under the control of others. They are trying to control everybody around them. You cannot. God has not called you to be God in other people's lives. The danger when you try to be the Holy Spirit, the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit, coming under the control of the Holy Spirit, but there are some people that will never have healthy, strong relationships because they're too busy controlling everybody. They're the ones that hold the remotes to every life around them. This is the person who knows how to push other people's buttons to bring out a form of a a behavior that they may themselves be hurting that person. In other words, they're pushing the buttons. Relationships are not built on controlling each other. relationships are built when two people understand they have been made into the image of God and God needs to fill my husband, he needs to fill my wife, he needs to fill my children he needs to fill my employer or my employee, he needs to fill the people around me with his Holy Spirit so that they are under his control, listen to me, if you take delight in controlling other people's lives then you are going to be a miserable person. And let me remind you of something. I want you to take a left and go over to Matthew 18, verse 6. If you are a buttoner, if you like pushing people's buttons, if you like controlling people, in Matthew 18, verse 6, I want you to see this. In verse 5 it said, And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But look at verse 6, Matthew 18, verse 6. Jesus said, but if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned into the depths of the sea. If you write it down, Mark chapter 9, verse 42, Luke chapter 17 verse two, those who call someone to act in an unchrist-like way, who enjoy pushing the buttons of other people, they need to stop by on their way to the reservoir, pick up a millstone, go out into the middle of it, and throw themselves in. Let me warn you of something. Do not push other people's buttons. There is a danger when we try to control other people's lives. We did a marriage series for several weeks and and we would just meet together with young families and young couples and we'd sit around and, and we would talk. There was something that Leanne Ainsworth said to that young group of many of them, not very long married. She said, there was something that I had to come to understand that I learned. She looked at Jeff Ainsworth and she said, I learned not to be the Holy Spirit in his life. God had called me not to control Him, but to yield Him over to a God who could control Him. You see, there's a difference here. Often we do not build strong, lasting, healthy relationships because we're too busy trying to play God into the lives of other people, especially those who are closest to us. This is the mistake so often in parenting. Today in parenting, we're so afraid, we're so fearful. We we go through parenting with fear and trembling, and we want to hang on to our children. I mean with our claws dug deep into them. We want to say to God, it's my child. But hear me, there's a danger in that. Parent, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says it all. It's the best thing you and I can teach our children. It's the best thing that we can understand about the relationships around us is that we need to trust the Lord with all our hearts. We do not need to lean on our own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct their paths and my path. My goal is to teach my children. My goal is to teach my wife. My goal is to teach this congregation that you are to trust in the Lord with all your heart. You're not to lean to your own understanding, not even my understanding. You're to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Jesus. Acknowledge Him when you come to the crossroads, when you come to those places of decision. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm right here at a critical moment in my life. I don't know what to do, Lord. If you're a parent right now, you just feel like you're at the end of your rope. You just look up toward God and say, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to get in your word, I'm going to get in prayer, and I'm going to stay there until you give me an answer. I don't know what to do in this marriage. God, I've done everything that I can do. And he's finally reaching up and saying, God, here I am, just like a little child, lifting their hands up toward the heavens. And saying, God, I'm going to get in your word, I'm going to get in prayer until you give me an answer. Hear me, the danger in relationships is that we want to play God instead of letting go and letting entrusting those people that we love. Mom and Dad, listen to this. Entrusting your children into the life, into the hands of a sovereign God who is far better able to take care of them than you are. You say, Brother Jeff, you don't know. Oh, yes, I do. I'm a parent too and a grandparent. Every day my children deal with the possibility of leaving. They may all scatter and be gone one day. Have you ever noticed something about the prodigal son? you ever noticed the father? He let him go. He trusted God enough to let him go. You can't can't control life. Parent, listen, you can't control the life of your child. Sooner or later, you have to let them go. Yes, they're going to reap a crop, but God has not called you to reap their crop. The reaping and sowing in Galatians 6, 7, and 8, chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, is God's process by which He's going to bring them to repentance if they need to come to repentance you can't manhandle and bully them into doing anything. I can tell you something that this morning would set you free. If you said about your husband, if you said about your wife, if you said about your children, if you said about those relationships that you love, but you want to control them, you want to be the one that holds the remote, if you just take the remote and hand it up there and say, God, listen, it's all yours. He is a sovereign God. My friend, I can tell you something about His creation. The remote to this creation is in His hands. You want to be set free this morning, you say these words, I trust those I love to God. If you're a parent here today and you're wondering about who your your child right now and you're scared and you're frightened, you say, I trust those I love to God. I trust my children. You call them by name. God, I entrust them into your care. God, your sovereign God. Will it be easy? No. Because there are times that God may have to teach your child, my child, a lesson that the only way they're going to learn it, they're going to learn it the hard way. Is it going to be a painful process? Yes. Why do you think the prodigal son's father let him go? He had to go away into a far country. The hardest thing is for us to see the people that we love making decisions, doing things that just break our hearts, and we want to cry out we want to scream. But listen, let them go. And entrust them into the hands of a sovereign God who is far better able to bring them to repentance than you are. He is infinitely more wiser. He has a purpose for their life. I trust those I love to God. Now we're going to close. I've been reading Dinesh D'Souza. He's just written a tremendous book called Life After Death. There are pages that are double and triple dog-eared. There's none that have been turned down and tucked away yet. But as I've read this book, it's reminded me of what's beyond this grave. It reminds me of eternity. And it reminded me of some things that I thought, you know, I need to do this. Listen to them. Four things that you can do. You need to relinquish control, number one. To now, whatever you're hanging on to. Now, listen. We've I talked about the buttony. E, that's the one who. That's the one who allows everybody else to control their life. And I want to say to you, if you're here today and other people control your life, you need to take back the control of your life. Give it to Christ. Be filled with His Holy Spirit. But if you're here today and you're a buttoner. And you're the one pushing the buttons. You're the one holding the remote. You're the one controlling all those people around you. And listen, you're doing it because you think you love them. You've got to give it up and let it go. You've got to say, God, here it is. I'm going to trust you. Now listen to him real quickly. Number one, a sovereign. I can relinquish control. Number one, to a sovereign creator God who has invaded his creation, who has a will and a purpose for my life and all of those I love. Number two, His purpose is to conform those I love into into the creation or conforming them into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Dad, not a quarterback. Mom, not the cheerleader. Dad, not the basketball star. Mom, not the academic whiz. Conforming them into the image of Jesus Christ. Number three, to surrender the control to the authority of Scripture and the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit. In other words, to be filled with His Holy Spirit. Number four and the last one, the blessing that will come when there is peaceful surrender to something bigger than me. Hear me. I trust God with those people I love. And I learned a long time ago, and in some of their lives, even here in the last year, I had to let go and let God do whatever God wanted to do. Hear me, and i close with this. Imagine you're on a jumbo jet. You've got your whole family And you go into the cockpit of that jumbo jet, you tie up the pilot, you tie up the crew, you sit down in the control, in that jumbo jet, in that cockpit, and you smile to yourself and you say, you know, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to give it a try. I'm just going to try this. Now imagine this. Now stay with me here. You've got your whole family. You've got those people that you love. They're all in this jumbo jet. They're sitting back there. You get up. You go up. You kick the cockpit door open. You go in there. You gag or put the sleeper hold, the Jack Bauer hold on the, on the, on the, on the pilot. You knock them all out in the cockpit. You sit down, and you're up there, and you close and lock the door behind you. You've drug all of them out, and you're sitting in that cockpit all by yourself on a jumbo jet with all the people that you love, and they're sitting back there. And you say, Brother Jeff, that's, that's crazy. I would never do that if I didn't know how to fly the plane. I would never do that. Listen, think about it. You know nothing about the control panel. You know nothing about weather patterns. You know nothing about elevation. You know nothing about air traffic. You know nothing about the course and how to chart the course. You know nothing about landing that plane. You know nothing about nothing. And no wonder you're so nervous because you are in the seat of somebody that belongs, that seat belongs to someone else. It doesn't belong to you. Some of you in this room, the reason you cannot build lasting, strong, healthy relationships is you are going to control them, do or die. And you can't do that. The greatest blessing that ever comes when you and I give those people that we love and we say, God, here they are. You're a lot better at this than I am. God, I'm going to give their life to you. My child, my spouse, my employer, my employees, my neighbor, my friend, whoever it is. God, I'm not going to play God no more. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Put me under the control of your Holy Spirit and help me to teach that to my children and the people that I love. And if you're here today and you're a a buttoner and you delight in pushing people's buttons and you enjoy that, I want you to know something. You are wrong. You are wrong. If you're here today and you're a buttony, and you've turned the control of your life over and you're more worried about what other people think and you've given the control of your life over to everybody else then I want you to know something today you are wrong but I can tell you the greatest thing that ever happens when a man or woman comes under the conviction of the Holy Spirit their life's falling apart all around them they got small children I've been there, been there listen to this second church growing dynamic church, country church probably run about 300 at that time, just out in the middle of the country great church one day I heard a man and a woman outside the office that I was sitting in talking about knowing if they died knowing knowing they'd go to heaven I didn't know that I was a preacher, I didn't know that I wasn't sure When they got up and left, they left, secretary left, other people left. I locked the doors. It was a cold day that day, cold, cloudy day. I got out on my knees and I said, you know, God, here I am. I don't know whether I'm saved. I'm not sure. I'm not positive. I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. I put my face down in that that chair on that blue carpet and I gave my heart and life to Christ. And one of the things that I said, God, help me to quit trying to be God in everybody else's life. Not only help me to give my life over to you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but give me the freedom to let go of everybody else's. God set me free. And my friend, when I stood up, I was a different man. That Sunday, five people came to Christ. Five people came for believers' baptism. A few minutes later, when they were standing down front, I came down the crowd. The congregation thought I came to introduce them. I went down the line, one, two, three, four, five. Then I stood there, and I said, I too, your pastor, am coming today. I said, I, don't, I did not know. I said, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure. I said, I was baptized when I was a boy, but I wasn't sure. I said, my life is so messed up, mixed up. I said, I'm hurting so deeply, but this week I gave my heart and life to Christ. And I come today presenting myself for Believer's Baptism. control be filled with the Holy Spirit let's stand together With heads bowed and with eyes closed just a moment of prayer heads bowed and with eyes closed moment of prayer maybe you're here today you say brother Jeff I don't know whether I'm saved or not I don't know if my life is under the control of God's Holy Spirit So the first thing you need to do is determine, God, am I saved? Do I I know that? Do I know if I died, I'd go to heaven? And my friend, if you don't know that, you can settle that right now. Simple childlike prayer says this, says, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you love me, and you died for me, Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. And right now be my Lord and my Savior. If you've never prayed that prayer and you prayed it even now, I want to invite you to step out and come. You say, well, Brother Jeff, why? I don't know what it is, but when a decision is made publicly, it's usually real. If God's spoken to you and you prayed that prayer in your minute, already Ledge and Brian are here at the front. And they'll rejoice with you. They'll pray with you. If you have any questions, say, you know, I don't understand everything. They'll sit down and they'll talk with you and explain. But I want to say to others in this room that may be Christians, I want you to take a long, hard look at your life. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I given the control of my life to other people? Because if I have, I need to take it back and give it to Christ. If you're here today and you're playing God in other people's life, you need to let go of them and entrust them. I entrust those I love to a sovereign God. God, I'm going to trust you. Our Heavenly Father, we just pray right now that you speak to the hearts of men, women, young people today. And Lord, if there's one that prayed that prayer and they've met in inviting you to come in to their heart, we pray, dear Lord, that this would be the beginning of a new life controlled by your Holy Spirit. There are others in this room, dear Lord, that have heard this message. And they understand that the reason their marriage, their parenting and so many relationships fall apart is because either they have given the control to those others or, dear Lord, they have taken the control and they're playing God. Father, may this be a day of victory. May we look up toward the heavens and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit.